podcast, Let's Talk. Have you ever had a sobering moment that catches you off guard? It was a weekday morning last week, and I began to crack my eyes from a good night's rest. And my first thought was, "Uh uh-oh, as I saw the light coming through the window and my wife still sleeping. The alarm didn't go off. In fact, it was an hour past the time we normally should have started getting the family ready for school and work. You've had one of these days. You know the feeling. The feeling quickened us, and we ended up getting ready and making it on time, but barely put together and not ready for the day at hand. We showed up, but not quite prepared, and it caused me to think about our upcoming trip we had been planning for months. We, had been, we are really looking forward to going, and I thought, man, what if that happened on the day we are supposed to catch a plane to our dream destination? The alarm feeling quickened my caution to stay alert so that that doesn't happen. As I was thinking about this experience, it reminded me of many warnings to us in Scripture. Whether we make it to work or school on time isn't that big of a deal. Nor if we miss a flight. Yes, we have losses, but there's no spiritual matter at hand. What I'm referring to is how it relates to the spiritual warnings in Scripture. And we often talk about the assurance that we have. And amen, we do have that. But apparently, part of that assurance process is hearing and heeding the warnings and how that keeps us on track. It causes us to examine ourselves, to make sure we are still in the faith. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom. That humility is the fear of the Lord. I'm not talking about crippling, cowering fear that causes us to give up. This is healthy fear. Fear that wakes us up. Fear that sobers us up from the pleasures of life. Fear that gets us prepared for our future destination with God. I think of the parable of the oil lamps and waiting for the bridegroom. Keeping the lamps full of oil was the preparation. Or the parable of the soil and the seeds. We listen, but do we really listen to understand and apply it? Do we keep the weeds and the rocks out of the soil of our hearts so the seeds can grow? These parables are all about what we do now to live a part of the kingdom and the salvation we have already been given. It's called growing in our faith, and this is what our salvation is all about. So let's look at 2 Peter 1, 3-11 and read it together. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence and moral excellence with the knowledge of God and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly love and brotherly love with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are nearsighted or blind, 
forgetting that they have been cleansed from the former sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen, and do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God has given us everything we need, and he will complete what he has started in us. So we are given these promises. The purpose of these promises is to receive the inheritance. Well, what is the inheritance? It is his divine nature that enables us to escape the world's corruption and the evil desires that we have within us. Faith is believing this, but we have to supplement our faith with these seven ingredients. And that's our job in this so that he can grow us in the faith. My daughter likes to cook, and she's realized that you can't just throw all the ingredients into the bowl and mix it all together. In baking recipes, there are instructions on putting certain ingredients together, weighting, layering, and timing involved to get the perfect end result. If she doesn't follow the measurements and steps according, the, the cake comes out wrong. And this is what Peter's saying about our growth and staying focused on what we do with our faith. Supplement it with moral excellence. That is the desire to do good. But what is good? Well, add to it the knowledge of God. Then you will know what is good and learn to be self-controlled in these areas. And while you are controlling yourself, it's going to take patience and endurance over time. And over time, you will begin to look like Christ. And as we begin to look like Christ, we can truly love our brothers and sisters in Christ the right ways. And we grow in these areas, and it begins to overflow into love for outsiders too. And it takes time and diligent focus and work to grow. And we don't automatically love like Christ, but we don't give up or cower in fear when we fail. We understand that Jesus won't break the bruised reed, and he won't blow out the flickering flame. And he won't let us fall away. But heed the warnings. Let it cause alarm and caution. Let it drive you to your knees in humility to the Lord, the one who is giving you the promises that are shaping you into his image, the one who is patient with you and showers you with mercy that motivates us to genuinely love others in the same ways. Thank you, Father, for your sobering promises, for waking us up and spurring us forward when we need it. Please don't let us become nearsighted or blind, but keep our focus on adding the ingredients to our faith that make us useful and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.